0: Hello everyone and welcome back to Behind the Desk, the podcast about my time working in a recording studio. My name is John and today it's all about rappers. Now I've noticed whilst doing this podcast that I've said a fair bit about rappers, mainly because they are the most common client we have at the studio, at least for this year anyway, because a rapper can come into a studio by themselves and do what they need to do and then leave. And it's safe to say I know how to record this style of music as well, because I've done dozens of recording sessions with rappers. But I'm not here to talk about recording today. Instead I want to talk about mixing them, how I try and blend them into a pre-mixed backing track, what I do to separate the main vocals and the ad libs, and a couple of tricks I try when actually mixing them. So, before we get started, if you have any questions about anything I mentioned today, then give us a message at Wellsy Media on Facebook and Instagram, happy to answer anything you are curious about. So picture this right, you've just done a recording session with a rapper, they're using a backing track that they've hopefully had the rights to, you've recorded main vocals, doubles and ad-libs, and now they want you to send them a mix of the track, polished and ready for release. How on earth do you go about doing this and i guess i can just talk you through the last mixing session i did uh, it was with a rapper called max sound guy good recording session the day before and he recorded everything i just mentioned earlier so i feel like we should just go through that really and the first thing i did and what i do in any mix project really is to organize it this includes anything from coloring the tracks putting them into folders sending them to the right bus groups and adding fades onto the start and end of every audio region. Because people, I'll tell you this now, it sounds boring but it's super important and it saves you so much time later on because say you have a project which has about 80 channels of audio, if it isn't organised or set up in a way where you can find things easily then you're going to spend hours trying to do anything and I feel like it gets in the way of the workflow of mixing a track in general. I've also found that it's a good way to get familiar with the song structure as well, so you know where the first verse or the first chorus starts for example, which is just a happy little side effect of organising your track. So that's what I do personally, I organise everything before I actually start doing any mixing. But once all that's done, here's where the real fun begins. So for Max's track, I started the main vocals by adding a high pass filter set to about 100Hz. This just cleans up the low end of the entire track because it's rare for anything useful in the recording to be captured below 100Hz. You could probably push it down to about 90, 85, max, but I feel like 100Hz is a pretty good waypoint for now. Then once I added that high pass filter, I added a CLA-2A compressor. I messed with the settings just to try and balance out his dynamic range a little bit. I didn't need too much because rap vocals don't usually have that much in terms of dynamic range, in the main vocals at least, the real variation comes from the ad-libs so they require a bit more. But for the main vocals and the doubles not much compression was needed at all, I think the settings I used on the the CLA-2A was about 30% on the gain dial and 45% on the peak reduction. I only put enough on so that the meter flicks are about minus 3 dB. I think that's the scale anyway. I could be wrong on that. Anyway, now I had the high pass filters and the compression. Pretty standard stuff. The next thing I wanted to add was a deesser, And for this project, I used the Waves Deesser plugin to try and get rid of some of the harsh sibilance. Now, I don't know how others work with deessers but I tend to get the threshold in the right ballpark first and then tweak the frequency range before going back to the threshold and fine tuning it. Because that makes the most sense to me. I've also tried and seen other people try looping a single bit of sibilant sound within the audio and then trying to find the frequency first. But I guess either way is fine. I always like to see how other people mix a project because there's so many different ways to actually do the same thing. It's really quite interesting. Anyway, moving on. By this point in the process, the vocals sounded, yeah, they were sounding all right. They weren't bad by any means, but they weren't exciting to listen to either. And when vocals are like this, you have a few options. You could use different EQs and compressors, which add different characteristics to the audio. Like the Pultec EQ, which usually is described as having a warm tone to it. You could use that to just give the vocals a bit of a warmer tone, or use a different sort of compressor to get a different characteristic. So if you have a transistor, I know that's more aggressive because it's a lot faster compared to like an opto or a valve compressor. The other thing you could do is add plugins like saturators or tape delays to add a little bit of distortion to the vocals. I can't remember off the top of my head if saturators count as adding harmonic distortion or if it's just general distortion. But saturators are a good way to go. Now this track for Max I was doing was more in the style of hip hop rap rather than something like trap or something with a super aggressive sound and attack to it. So I could get away with adding something that added a little bit of low mid distortion to the vocals without it sounding out of place or out of style. And in the end I decided to use a crammer tape delay. Not because of anything technical, I just liked the way it sounded on his vocals. And I have been trying to use more and more different plugins, and just trying to mess around and see what works and what doesn't work. So that was the only reason I chose it really. I could have added any tape emulator or saturator or any other effects but I decided to go with the Chroma one and if I'm honest I couldn't really tell you the settings I had without looking but I was messing around with the input and the output levels a lot. Making sure they were linked so I didn't have to mess too much or mess around with two dials at the same time. I also remember tweaking the flux dial in the middle as well, setting that to about 250 on the scale. To my knowledge, that is the dial which determines how much distortion is added, but I could be wrong on that. I should really look into the manual, of the plugins, to actually fully understand them, but I don't like reading, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd much prefer just like messing with a plugin and just seeing what it's capable of. And that's exactly what I did with the crabber tape delay. I just messed around until it started to sound better. And before I finished the main vocals I messed around with the order of my plugins in the processing chain just to see if one configuration was better than the other. I know there is a debate on which order you should have certain types of plugins whether you want like your EQs first or your compressors first, but if I'm honest with you, I think it depends on the track you're mixing and your mix style in general. So it could be any way you see fit. There is a few exceptions to this of course, you could have serial or parallel compression, which has to be in a certain order, otherwise it just doesn't work. But other than that, everything's fair game. Now, that was the main vocals, and they were pretty much done. I did copy the processing chain over to the doubles and the adlibs just to give me a good starting point but I wanted them to sound a little bit different to the main vocals so I did tweak a couple of settings on the doubles and the adlib channels like increasing the peak reduction on the adlibs because they were more aggressive in nature and they needed more compression. I added bandpass filter to the doubles so there was more variation between them and the main vocals and change the settings of the flux on the Kramer to colour the adlibs a little bit differently as well. These sort of changes help to make each type of vocal channel stand out a little bit within the mix or at least be able to have some variation. And the final thing I added to these vocals before altering the volume so the vocals sat just above the rest of the mix was to add a little bit of reverb set to about minus dB as well as using a h-delay set to about minus 25db just to make the vocals overall sound a little bit more full but not too much that so it starts to distract the listener or remove the clarity of the vocals themselves. This was done on the vocal group because if every channel of audio needed the same reverb and delay then it saves processing power doing it on the bus. After that I balanced the vocals just so they sat above the backing track That tends to be what happens in the style of rap music. The vocals sit just above the rest of the instruments, probably because they're the more important thing within the track, so we just put them on top. I know you shouldn't, but I usually put them on top just so you can hear them a little bit better. I export the track and send it off to Max for him to master and release. And a lot of the mixes I do for rappers in the studio follow a similar trend to that. In terms of the plugins I use and how I actually go about it. Of course, there is some differences depending on the session I am doing, or how good the rapper actually is at rapping, or how well the recording sound. You know, a lot of variables. So, that is how I go about mixing rappers usually. If you've ever recorded and mixed a rapper, what plugins or techniques do you usually use? Let me know at Wellsy Media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. All that's left to say is thank you for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to my process of mixing. I've been John and I'll see you all in the next one.